Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. What in the world are we looking at? Oh my God. Where did you get that? So a buddy of mine, this goes back a few years ago. Hi galaxy, by the way, how's everybody out there? Yo. <laughs> my buddy was mowing his lawn in Cape Breton. Yeah. And he hit this with a lawnmower. Oh no. And it had been buried there probably. I don't know, since 78, probably. Who knows, man? Oh, that is such a shame. Restoration project. However, it's yeah, been man. released a few other times in different it, colors. There's still some so. tension to the trigger. It's uh I mean it's 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 gone, but it sure it sure does look like it's been used um in, in combat. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Blasters. Hello, internet. Hello, world. Hello, fans of the show. We're Welcome back. back to uh, this edition of Fandom Power. Of course, my name is Wes. I am your host, and I am joined once again, as always, the way we like it here. Andy, you, Hank, Galaxy. You take a week off, and it's like felt like a month. <laughs> <It'd feel long. laughs> wow. Um, I hope wherever you are in the world that you are beating the heat. It has been uh, really hot here in uh, central Ontario the last couple of days. So I hope you guys are uh, staying cool wherever you are. Yeah. Super gross here too. As I had said in our opening uh, video with this one, the circle is now complete. Excellent. Um, totally like us to, to do a video series like this, where uh, at the very least we cover the, the original trilogy of weapons started all the way back with our uh, lightsaber episode followed by the guns blasters of uh, a new hope followed by the empire strikes back. And tonight 
we're going to cover the guns of uh, Return of the Jedi. Before we get going on that, though, let's talk about uh, some of the other Star Wars news going on. Probably the biggest one, uh, Andor. Andor got uh, pushed back by almost a month. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then they're making up for it because they're dropping us an extra episode on the debut. Now, that's going to be Wednesday, September 21st, um, which is what uh, pushed back from the original date of August 31st. Yes, sir. First comment in coming in from Facebook tonight says, hello, fellas, and hello, Facebook user. Glad to have you along. What's up? Um, with all of the other people who are watching. So do we think that there's more Rogue One style problems going on here with the delay? Or do we think that this is just obfuscation I, to make it feel like there's that? Uh, like, I'm, more, I'm more inclined to think that this is uh, breathing, uh, breathing room. This is space for other shows and other yeah. properties so that this does not get lost in the shuffle. Because right. what else is the going She-Hulk on? She-Hulk is about to drop. Right. She-Hulk's She-Hulk. coming out I was just uh, what? Say. this week. This week, I believe. This week, yeah. Miss Marvel is super yeah. strong. I really enjoyed it, it, but it completely got washed out by Obi-Wan. So maybe they're uh, smartening up with in terms of overlap. I've just gotten to Miss Marvel. I've got one episode left to go. Um I like it better than Moon Knight. <laughs> Easily yeah. better than Moon Knight. <laughs> I really like Moon Knight. You guys are hard on Moon Knight, but I—I I mean, I—I've enjoyed all the television properties so far. Sure, sure. sure. Moon for Knight, sure. unfortunately, was my least favorite. It yeah, well, it completely I mean, lost me by the last episode, and the only thing that saved it was the stinger at the end. Maybe it's the storytelling and the the, the pacing of the the series, but I felt that there wasn't enough Moon Knight in his own show. Maybe that's kind of the, you know, how people felt about Boba Fett. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The other thing that came out talking about Andor, um, season one. Season one is going to cover uh, one, uh, one year of time in universe, while season two is going to cover four years. Yeah, that's right. So there's. uh, So will it just jump ahead from the end of uh, one? Well, that ties into the other thing with uh, Alan Tudyk confirming that he is not appearing in season one as a Hmm. fan favorite K2SO. Right. So maybe. And long seasons, both 12 episodes each. So a pile of uh, Andor coming our way. Um, I think I'm like one of 10 people that's been like super excited for this since it was announced. I think, you know, there's a lot of like, man, whatever. That second trailer is fantastic. The fact that uh, Mon Mothma is going to come back and have more than just a, you know, a, a, a passing cameo in the, in the series that she mm-hmm. might have real dialogue and real stakes for her. As she should. Which will dovetail nicely into, you know, the gravity, the gravitas of her speech in Return of the Jedi, the movie we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, do we know how long these episodes are going to be? Yet? Well, that's kind of my <laughs> that is kind of my fear here, in the sense that uh, for those of you who have been watching our show from the beginning, you know that we've really built the show on the long form uh, storytelling and the the uh, the beat inter the interconnectivity uh, between mm-hmm. Star Wars properties. Now, if we're getting three episodes in that first week, that's a that's a lot of a lot of meat to chew on that first week, but when we'll get through that. I don't know. I do not know what the episode lengths are, are going to be. If it's like. like a half hour episode, that's 
takes down like the content level a little bit, but mm. well, you know, they're the starting average. to go with like if you notice the Orville is going with like a, almost like cinematic episodes, like hour twenty minutes, hour 15, yeah, 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 sometimes a little longer, and uh, they're basically just whatever it takes to tell the story, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm, I know it's it's a lot on in terms of creating a show like ours to sure, get sure. everything hit, but I I'm okay with like. A less conventional, open-ended storytelling. Yeah, definitely more is better in terms of uh, high-quality content. I've said that all along. I would rather have new, new Star Wars than none. So yeah, you know, heavy. You know, interestingly enough, we've spent uh, maybe more time than we should have on this show talking about sort of the uh, the fandom menace and the fan outrage, and we don't even have. We've got we've got a teaser trailer and a full-length trailer, and already. Already, my friends, <laughs> it's happening again. Um, apparently, people are really upset at the high visibility of what appears to be an AK-47 in the uh, the most recent Andor trailer. Don't they watch our show? Well, somebody does. Is there a bigger conversation mm-hmm. to be had here? Because the simplicity, the simple answer to me is, is, um, Hey guys, like if you're not paying attention, they've been doing this since 1977. Yes. And if you don't think that there are barely dressed or even completely undressed real world guns in star Wars, then you've been missing out. Check back. Right. Two episodes. We'll show you. Oh, absolutely. Has anybody you know what? aliens? In fact, yeah, let's, um, <laughs> When we get to the to the rewatch on this, I will put up a uh, a link to uh, the other episodes of our show, and you can you can go back and you can see for yourself where they literally spray paint. Yeah, absolutely, rifles. guns that are just painted uh, uh, black Yo. and completely <laughs> undressed. So, but here's the thing: I read somewhere that people were upset because they're calling it insensitive, especially in light of the most recent mass shootings in the United States, particularly the one in uh, Uvalde, Texas. Is that even an argument to be made here? Is it? Is it insensitive? Is it? I don't think so. Star Wars. They were blasting away for years before that, and they're going to be blasting away for years after right, that. Right. Yeah, wars are fought so, with guns. Uh, yeah. And these ones shoot ion bolts. The and yeah, it's a fantasy. energy blast. So yeah, I I don't want to get too political, but we could ban knives, we could ban spoons, we could ban cans sure, of gas. Sure. There's all kinds of horrible crap going on in the world. Leave Star Wars alone. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that maybe the AK-47 is perhaps one of the most recognizable firearms in the world and has been for 40 plus years? Maybe. $6 on the continent of Africa to produce. Well, but, I mean, but, like, <laughs> um, is that, does that play I mean, into Yeah, it? there's uh, a huge problem in the world. And maybe Rogue One will be slick and, and, and talk about how maybe weapons are a problem in the galaxy, too. Maybe. There's maybe. Believe, maybe. Because you know, you know, uh, they kind of touched on it in uh, Last Jedi. I'm a big fan of just like with weapons dealers, you know, dealing with both sides. Oh, sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And money. Sort of when DJ was talking about yeah, 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 profiting yeah. off the war. And well, I'm, I'm I will say of, this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Hank. Well, I just, I'm a big sort of proponent of like, uh, uh, people kill people and whether it's with guns or other things, I don't think guns yeah. are responsible. I think used responsibly. And, and, uh, the, I mean, I know this is controversial, but anybody who's ever fired a big weapon, they're hella fun to fire. Yeah, absolutely. They're in a, in mm-hmm. a controlled sort of environment, yep. you know, you get yep. your willies off or whatever. But I don't, I don't think that uh, taking away them or or vilifying them or anything else like controlling them. Yes, I agree with, but I I don't think that's going to stop the problem. The problem is is yeah, 
other things irresponsible folk that get a hold of them i honestly yeah. do think that the recognition actually plays a lot uh plays into this quite a bit i mean as i said the the ak-47 and its family of weapons are perhaps some of the most recognizable firearms in the world but kalishnikov i've said this if you are outraged at a barely dressed ak-47 appearing in Andor, then you should be equally outraged at the mg-34 the mg-42 the lewis gun the the wibbly flare gun and all the other real world yeah. guns that are barely concealed yes. in star wars right if you're going to stand on that hill then stand Absolutely. on all the hills yeah but then again that comes back to the whole recognition thing we're talking about a bunch of world war one and world war ii weapons that really the general public maybe doesn't recognize right but that's not like that's where i have an, a hard time it's like oh you're upset because it's an ak but you should be equally upset like Hey man, the Imperials are wielding like Nazi Germany era weapons, and you're not outraged at that, is it? Because they're the villains, and that's okay. Like what? Right. What Han is your Solo issue? Has a Luger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, I don't know. It's it's again. It's anything, anything to bitch about. Forgive my French. So. Uh, and it's silly. This one's sort of silly. Well, um, folks. <laughs> We I should ban flashlights say. because, you know. <laughs> That's right, because, oh, oh my lightsabers. God, lightsabers. <laughs> right. Look, kids are going to put their eyes out with those. Listen, if you are part of the the the, the group that is outraged by this, you're not going <laughs> to, you're going to get no remorse here because guess what? We're going to see it again tonight in this episode, which uh, we should probably get on with. And let's, let's get into that. We are talking about the blasters of uh, Return of the Jedi. And uh, not as big of a list tonight. I, I thought, you know, we've we've gone over quite of these uh, once, sometimes twice over. Um, so there's a couple things I'm not going to go over again. I'm not going to cover the Stormtrooper Blaster for a third time. Again, if you want to know about that, you can uh, go back and see uh, our uh, breakdown on the weapons of A New Hope, as well as The Empire Strikes Back. Of course, by now, most of us know that uh, Return of the Jedi had a different working title way back when. Revenge mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Right up until uh, George Lucas decided that, uh, well, maybe revenge isn't quite uh, a thing that the Jedi strive for. They seek justice. That's right. So, uh, yeah, there's fun your fact. There's your fun fact. The Revenge of the Jedi poster. Yeah, yeah. Appeared in the Goldbergs. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. Adam Goldberg's room. Well, I mean, you can go back and look at all the behind the scene, uh, behind the scenes uh, photos and footage, and you can see quite a bit of the crew wearing Revenge of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, I had some memorabilia merch. back in the day that was, you know, the yeah. odd poster or a sort of magazine cut it probably. Sure, sure. All right, guys. Well, let, what do you say we get into this and let's take a look at some of the uh, the blasters, or rather the uh, the remarkable blasters that we haven't already looked at. These are the ones that are unique to uh, Return of the Jedi. We're going to start off with this. Oh, sorry. Page. <laughs> forgot there's my splash page this is all these are all the weapons we're going to look at here uh again tonight some of them we've looked at before uh briefly uh, but we're going to look at them again for specific reasons specifically contextual to the movie as well as some other things that we didn't mention before awesome and the first one that i want to start with is this one right here it's the dl18 this is another one from uh, blast tech it's a very common name in star wars now, this is the DL-18. It was an inexpensive, high-capacity blaster pistol that had uh, good accuracy. It was so popular in the Outer Rim territories that it had uh, it got a nickname. It was called the Moss Eisley Special. <laughs> oh, nice. This one, we see uh, Luke Skywalker use the Force to pull from one of Jabba's uh, guards. 
We see it again in the battle over the Sarlacc pit where uh, I think Han Solo uses one of these in his near blindness to, to shoot, shoot the uh, Sarlacc tentacle off of uh, Lando Calrissian. This one's kind of cool. This one, uh, it, yes, it's a real world gun, but it's not, uh, it is not a lethal firearm by any means. It's a, it's an Italian made pellet pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh this is the uh Gun Toys RO72 Panther uh 177 caliber pellet pistol. It's a break barrel pistol uh, made in the 1970s. Uh what else are we going to say about this? Oh yeah, so in addition to the greeblies that were added to this pistol, the most distinctive feature is the fact that all they did was turn the front sight upside down <laughs> and put a little thing on there. I mean it's it's clearly obvious that that's what it is, but yeah, side um, by each like that for sure. What's this is actually, uh, I don't know what the site is made out of, to be honest with you. Almost some of the greeblies on the one side looks like it's a uh, half of a pair of like a sheet, uh, tin snips. Mm, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's been put on there and maybe the That's other piece is a handle. I don't know what that is. It's, it's painted black. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is black. one of the guns that in, in the 3.75 line, the return of the Jedi figures from like, I don't know, it was 83 or so looked yep. so close. Very the weapon close, in the movie. Yeah. It was a really nice little sculpt. Well, you want to talk about the action figures. This this one's going to come up a little bit later on because this was packed with more than just uh, Jedi Luke Skywalker. I want to bring that up later, though, at that slide. This Ooh. might be one of my favorite Star Wars blasters, by the way. Yeah. I love this one. Kanan Jarrus carries one of these throughout Star Wars yeah, Rebels. Totally. This, yeah. Uh, super popular in, uh, in canon. All right. Let's go on to the next one here. This one we looked at again uh, uh, last week. Specifically, now we're talking about Boba Fett's EE3 carbine rifle. This is the Return of the Jedi version. We did talk about that in our last episode uh, because we could not find any canonical reason for the changes between mm -hmm, the no. Strikes Back and this one. Other than the close-up. Yeah, other than, yeah, it was going to be uh, a much closer. Mm -hmm. The Blastec EE3, it's a lightweight carbine. It's uh, based on an older full-sized rifle. With its uh, heavy fire capability, the carbine rivaled many full-size rifles of the time, despite having a relatively uh, short range. Now, this is, as I'd said before, in the uh, for all the uh, outraged people, this is a uh, Webley, uh, Webley and Scott number one Mark One flare gun. <laughs> this is a, a World War One era flare gun that was made for the British Royal Flying Corps. Now, your fun fact for this one, uh, back into the Star Wars lore, is that uh, this was uh, uh, popular among bounty hunters across several decades, as we see uh, Suji, one of the Clone Wars era bounty hunters, as well as Q90, yes. the droid bounty hunter from the Mandalorian, all wielding uh, the EE3. So, yeah, very popular across several decades. See, I, I still need that movie, The Blaster Pro Shop. <laughs> Kevin Smith to direct it. It can be clerks in space. <laughs> nice. That could be fun. <laughs> instead of clerks three, we could instead do something Bass, original like instead that. Instead of Bass Pro yeah, Shops, we get Blaster Pro Shop. Blast Pro Shops. <laughs> that could be fun. This thing's right in itself. Uh, this is also the same version that uh, shows up in uh, The Mandalorian as well. Uh, the other, what did we talk about last week? This, uh, basically it's the same gun. They added some extra, uh, those T handles, those same T bar, T, T strips that they put on the uh, Skywalker uh, lightsaber, lightsaber as well. Yeah. yeah. As well as the, the E11 Stormtrooper. Uh, looks like a boxer. tank uh, 
site again. The site on this one, uh, it's the same site that they used uh, in Empire Strikes Back, just uh, flipped around backwards and pushed further back down the barrel. But mm. I mean, really, if you stripped off all of the uh, the extra, the couple of greeblies that are there, I mean, there's no denying that that is, yeah. in fact, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, nonetheless. All right, what's our next one? Well, <laughs> from the uh, the Panda Baba, <laughs> from the uh, Panda Baba file, this is the uh, Dresselian projectile rifle. This one was carried by now, oh my God, Orimarco, better known as Pruneface in the action figure world. Right. It's a slug throwing rifle that uh, was made and used by the Dresselian species in the defense of their homeworld against the Galactic Empire. The rifle uh, has a 12-round magazine and is often equipped with a scope. As I said before, this is another example of a uh, real-world rifle or weapon with absolutely zero (laughs) set dressing at all. They did not even paint paint it. it. Didn't even try. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. The prune will distract them. (laughs) Well, you know. But again, it's like I said, this is right from the Ponda Baba file because um, we never actually see Orimarco carrying this in the film. Um, we do see him along with two other Drizellians in the uh, in the briefing room on Home One, but we don't see him carrying the rifle. But again, in the behind the scenes uh, photos and footage, there's a couple spots where he's actually. I can't remember his action figure uh, weapon either. I can't remember it. Mm, it's a it is a rifle. Is it? It is a rifle. It actually looks closer. Uh, looks a little more like the. Remember the original 1982 GI Joe laser rifle, the one yeah, that yeah, yeah, was yeah. really popular. Looks a lot like that. So the um, the Dresselian projectile rifle is actually made from um, a German. Now the the Car 98 or the proper name, the Karabiner 98K. This was the uh, standard issued rifle of the German uh, the German Armored Corps. And uh, between 1935 and 1945, there were over 14 million of these rifles produced. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, they've been doing this since 77, folks. Like, where's your your outrage for all of these? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cool, though. Statute of limitations on something like that. What I like (laughs) about this. I guess it depends what's in the public eye at the moment. Right, right. True. I really like the idea that Star Wars does not shy away from the fact that uh, uh, bullets, bullets are still a thing uh, in this fantastical world of space yeah, wizards why, and lasers. Why I love the Tuscan weapons so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the lore, this is actually considered to be um, one of the best examples of a slug throwing uh, weapon from a low tech society that uh, they actually used it successfully, and that. The fact that uh, Orimarco is uh, said to have carried his projectile rifle during the Battle of Endor tells us that they were absolutely effective against Stormtrooper armor. Mm. That's pretty cool. All right, here's a cool one for you. We've seen this one before. It's the DL-21, only this time it's a snub-nosed variant missing the, uh, the mortar fins. We see, uh, I saw in the previous uh, two versions, the Honda mm. Baba one and the the Imperial, um, my God, the uh, Imperial Trooper version, I think. Right. So this one, um, uh, the DL-21 makes its return, uh, the snub-nosed version. This one is being carried by an Imperial officer. His name is Colonel Dyer. By the way, 
in case you didn't know, Colonel Dyer, that's an uncredited role from the sound man himself, Mr. Ben Burt, mm-hmm. the sound designer on uh, Return of the Jedi. Famous yeah, man. Scum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Neat. Not much else to say about this one. It is the AR-7 Explorer, as we've said before. This one was made for uh, basically outdoorsmen as a sort of a, a survival weapon. The idea that it could be broken down and all of the, the components kind of stored in the, the butt of the rifle. twenty-two caliber rifle. Pretty cool. Convenient for Absolutely. travel, but not for emergency. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost, it's really hard to see in the movie when he shows up and he's like, he tells them, you know, freeze. Mm-hmm. And he pulls the rifle up. The, the most visible part is the scope. But I mean, the all black on an all black uniform in a dark scene. Yeah. Um, I tried to lighten up the photo, but it just looked awful. <laughs> I wonder if there's more in the cut scene, because there's a little bit more to that scene and that's been uh, uh, maybe in, now, extended. I, I watched the scene again uh, in prep for the episode. And, and this is the officer that Han throws the charge at him and he flips over yeah. the railing. Yeah. He goes from holding the, you know, hands up to like literally catching the charge with both hands. So like, I don't know, did he drop it? and Drops then, it, yeah. And, as they uh, recreate the Wilhelm as he goes over the railing. <laughs> yeah, yeah Colonel. time a railing would actually save him. <laughs> railing save lives, unless you're this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a real ben problem. Yeah, making an appearance in, uh, in Star Wars with the, uh, the DL-21. All right, here we go. There's another one we talked about barely dressed this is the uh hnk p9s this has no canonical name it is not identified in universe um fans just simply refer to it as the uh the rebel fleet officer pistol um as i've said here in my notes it is one of the true star wars mysteries uh as the gun carried by general landel carissian has no canonical reference nice one in the game of sabak yeah maybe who knows <laughs> The pistol the, itself. That's yeah, the one ahead. that's present in the uh, the uh, production photos of Empire, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is exactly yeah. what it is. So this is um, the HNK P9S pistol. This pistol was sold between uh, 1969 and 1978, and it was unique in that it used the exact same mechanism as the HNK main line of rifles, just made uh, much much smaller so remember we were talking i just mentioned earlier we're going to come back to the dl21 yes this action figure general lando calrissian he was one of the final uh, 17 in the uh, power of the force line from 1985 right um that the dl21 is the gun that they sold with him Hmm. which is funny because the p uh the fleet officer pistol is molded to his chest (laughs) you can see it it's there but it's in the holster and yeah, an accessory. I yeah, feel like his lose. skiff guard character had that too, as well as the staff. Uh, I don't remember to be honest. He might have. I he feel like have. Yeah, that's yeah. weird memory. Man. Fun fact: that action figure that uh, Final Seventeen Lando originally sold for uh, two dollars and ninety nine cents U.S. Uh, today, carded versions of that same action figure are closer to uh, four hundred U.S. <laughs> And it wasn't until his third incarnation in the 2004 uh, saga line of three and three quarter action figures that he would finally get the proper pistol, even though it's still not identified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this the uh, pistol that comes with the black series? I, I yes, it is. I haven't got uh, it, it is. Perfect. I've got, uh, I've got one here. Hold on. In fact, you know what? I'm going to go. Super cool. Let me see if I can go uh, 
Can I go solo for a second here? Maybe I can. Here we go. Let's see if there we can get that up there. Dope. There it is. There it is. Well done, Hasbro. And everything. Yeah. Excellent. Funny, I had just had that in uh, in arm's reach there. There we go. All right, moving on. So what do we got next here? Oh, let's go over here. We talked about this one too. This is another one that got kind of weird. Um, <laughs> actually, I really like this one. Love it. The EC-17. Like this. <laughs> the EC-17 holdout blaster. Now I've put two photos in here. One of them is the digital rendering from Battlefront. Thanks to the folks over at Dice for uh, for putting those together. But the second one is an actual screen use prop. Hmm. I'm going to talk like about it. that here in a, in a second. But uh, the EC-17 holdout blaster, this was the blaster used by the scout troopers. It was also the standard issue of the Imperial patrol troopers, the basically the stormtrooper cops that we saw in uh, Solo. Hmm. Yeah. Right. It is uh, the most distinguishing feature on the EC-17 is the absence of a traditional trigger. Instead, the EC-17 uses a firing stud located on the pistol grip, which apparently makes it easier to fire with gloves on. Hmm. Now, this is one of those, I mean, every movie has one. Um, this is a piece that actually has no basis in the real world. Hmm. The prop itself was a uh, cast in resin with the original having been carved from wood, nice. where it was uh, personally approved by George Lucas. At the time, uh, in the United Kingdom, the crew on the film were having trouble coming up with unique weapons. So the U.S. crew, uh, somebody on the crew, carved out the EC-17 where Lucas approved it. And then it was sent to the U.K. where it was cast in resin. Nice. Also famous for fitting in the scout trooper's hand almost sideways. <laughs> in the, the original toy, toy line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is perfect for shooting off the side of a speeder bike, I guess. So this, um, we've talked about uh, props uh, going at auction uh, previously. Mm. Well, this is another one. Uh, the uh, the image on the left there, this is an actual screen use prop. This comes from the personal collection of James Shop, And uh, James Shop was the art director for Return of the Jedi. So it has all the provenance uh, to support it. This one sold in, uh, two, I think, 2018. Uh, this pistol, this resin cast prop, sold for ninety thousand six hundred twenty-five wow. U.S. dollars. We bet wow. over uh, estimate, though. Yeah, well, yeah, it was originally. Was it not estimated to go for between twenty, 20 and thirty? Twenty and thirty. Yeah, I think Unreal. it was tw uh, twenty twenty-one bids uh, by the end of the auction. Twenty-one bids to get that far. Yeah, ninety thousand. Only three times as much what they thought it was yeah. going to go for. <laughs> it's just a scout trooper. Yeah. 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 Next up on our list, we're going to take a look again at the uh, the Blast Tech, the A two eighty. This is the the rifle that we see the commandos uh, use during the Battle of Endor when they assault the uh, shield generator. Now the uh, the A two eighty it was a late model Clone War era assault rifle, commonly used by uh, planetary defense forces, and that fact made the rifle easily obtainable on the black market, which is how the Alliance essentially got all of theirs. Now, just like we said on our episode uh, talking about the Empire Strikes Back, this is a variant of this rifle. There are two other variants, the uh, the A280C, which is the one that we saw in Empire, and the A280CFE, that's the Covert Field Edition. That's the one that Cassian Andor uses in Rogue One, which has that M16 uh, receiver as a pistol that he basically converts it into a sniper rifle. Yeah. Nice, yeah. 
as we've already said, the the A280, this one is actually uh, essentially ma- uh, made from a modified M16, mostly the uh, the lower or the receiver group. Uh, and of course, the M16 first entered the United States military service in 1964, where it went to Vietnam just one year later. You can that tell re- it's Mattel. <laughs> that replaced the uh, the M14 as the the U.S. Uh, service rifle. And uh, variations of the M16 weapons platform have now been in service in various militaries and law enforcement agencies ever since. Uh, in fact, over 100 nations use a variation of the M16, including us here in Canada. Um, even though this uh, went into service in 64 in the United States, we didn't actually adopt our version, the C7, until uh, 20 years later, 1984. Make sure all the bugs were worked out. Adopted it here in Canada, yeah. Uh, fun fact, Rebel Commandos, including uh, Rebel Commando Nick Saint, or Nick Sant. Who isn't Rex. Who may or may not be. Says you. Commander Rex <laughs> used the A280 during the Battle of Endor. You want to talk about Rex for a second? Sure. This keeps coming up. Is it or isn't it? I don't think I, so. In my head, it's Rex 100%. There is enough there. You know, there's all but the official Disney stamp on this that says it's really up to you to decide if it is or it, isn't. That's basically it. With Filoni had said that like pretty much flat out. It's up to you. Yeah, I don't I don't care what Hidalgo says anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't no, care. neither do I. There's uh, a lot of uh, discussion over that. Uh, um, you know, uh, those animated shorts that they were doing, the uh, Galaxy of Adventure. That's right. They they did some uh, short, uh, those short films, but I think he's in one of those where they actually, uh, they draw this character or a character that looks just like him sure, with yeah with the arm pieces from the clone armor yeah, to sort of supplant the idea that, Oh, maybe this is Rex. And I mean, when, when Sabine basically gives her epilogue at the end of rebels and says, you know, like Hera and Rex both fought at the battle of Endor. I was like, that's good enough for me. (laughs) That's good enough for me. It'll be interesting to see if they, well, this is it. It'll be interesting to see if there's a retcon down the road where they actually do kind of go all out and go, yeah, it's really him. You just do it with a black uh, black series figure, and I'd be all happy I want. <laughs> all I want to see, I want to see Nick Sant and Rex side by side in a two pack. Yeah, right. You put them. You put those two together in the same scene, then all arguments are over. Maybe that's his adopted pseudonym, <laughs> so that the Empire didn't. Oh, know, maybe, you know, maybe, because he's got to stay low. Let me just say they recognize my face. <laughs> well, like I said, it was a short list tonight, and we're about to hit. Uh, we're coming up here on our last one. Um, and again, should come as no surprise. This is, uh, the X 30 precision blaster pistol. This one used exclusively by our princess and your princess and my princess, (laughs) the people's princess, the people's princess. Um, again, uh, sorry, the X 30, uh, precision blaster pistol. It's a lightweight, easy to use sporting blaster that was designed exclusively specifically for sport shooting. Um, Hey, that makes the X30 the closest thing in form and function to its real-world counterpart because the uh, X30, just like Leia's DDC Defender, is also made from the Vostok Margolin 22 targeting pistol. Nice. That gun, that gun specifically made for target shooting. Um, yeah, so the X30, the X30 was very popular with hunters and other outdoor uh, enthusiasts. Uh, so much so that it was actually stocked as part of the crash kit for many uh, Soro sub made escape pods. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the Vostok Margolin uh, actually made its world debut in 1954 at the World Shooting Championships. Hmm. Where was she yeah. rocking his boosh? Because uh, there was... I'm thinking of like uh, as we do this. I'm thinking of all the toys that came with weapons that they didn't wow. show in the in the show. Return of the Jedi. Well, like all the Return of the Jedi toys of that uh, a stick, she, a <laughs> stick, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, gonna yeah it was a, definitely some kind of halberd looking, right? Yeah, stick it's thing, like a yeah, skiff guard yeah, yeah. kind of style weapon. Almost weird... the same thing, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a big one. Yeah, so. And of course, I mean, if you remember back, the, the reason that they chose this gun was that uh, Carrie Fisher at the time, she had very petite hands and they did it's not true. want anything that they, they put in her hands to, to look bulkier. Bulky. Man, she looks yeah, sexy exactly. with the, e, the E11, <laughs> though. In like, Empire. The big, oh, in the Empire, big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah when she's Give the little faster. girl the big gun. <laughs> yeah. It looks, she looks great with it. Oh. I got a thing for Sigourney Weaver, you know. Well, that's it, everybody. That's our short list uh, on this one. Return of the Jedi surprisingly had the the least amount of uh, new and unique weapons. Some <laughs> the most before. sticks. We could do yeah. a whole episode of Ewok spears. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, that does complete the circle. If, like I said before, if you haven't checked out the other episodes for uh, A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back, I will link the uh, the playlist in the description of this video so you can go back and watch those. And yeah, I mean that that completes the original trilogy yeah. awesome did you guys enjoy doing this this was super fun okay, it makes so... me want to do the ships it makes me want to like do the little you know like the the planets of star wars it makes yeah, me want to do yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that where we could you know just casually chew on things absolutely star yeah. rays. well i think that's uh something that we will do more of i i don't see why we wouldn't it's an easy one to come back to mm. and again it's it's fun to talk about and uh it's always nice to uh, sort of, you know, you know, kick the uh, kick up the weeds a little bit and see what's going on in the in the fan world. And again, it just couldn't come at a better time with that Andor trailer about how angry yeah, people yeah. were. Like, come Crazy. on, guys! You guys <laughs> seen Light and Magic? Yeah, I've been I have been watching it. I'm not through it all yet. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I've been very much enjoying it. So I love when there's stuff that I've never seen before and it's rare because I've seen it all. Right. So well, I tell you I this: my socks off light and magic um tells me one thing for sure no argument there yeah, the the original versions of the film still exist are yeah they're they, right there they absolutely for do sure. exist. Yeah. yeah so uh i still not just hope. in some nerd's basement there's there's hope that there will be uh uh i'm not saying you know like you know harmy's despecialized editions mm. uh officially released or anything. i That's still what, have I my mean, like 1979 vhs i just need a friggin' vhs player to play it it's yeah, probably the yeah, closest yeah, yeah. thing to unedited we'll ever see uh until they do an official re-release i think the laser disc edition uh, i remember also, that yeah um is also not touched really in any way but i i'm not because harmy uses sure. uh, a lot of that for his color palette because it's got the yeah. enhanced color palette yeah, yeah 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 well i mean uh they're out there somewhere and who knows would you guys uh be interested in uh, uh a revisiting of the special edition to bring it in line with modern sensibilities like even more pushing the envelope with the cgi mm, or is this I, a case of just leave it alone i mean yeah, that's that's a great it's a fine line for me. I yeah. I think you should have left it alone in the first place. I think I I think a lot of it is clunky. I don't think it did much to move the story forward. I know he what he was trying to do. 
Sure. And when you watch Light and Magic, you really see his passion for wanting to push right. cinema forward as an art form, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I mean, a lot of it was too early, and it was very clunky. And I know there's a famous sort of uh, uh, discussion between him and Spielberg where they're like, you know, once you finish a movie, you finish it. You you know, like Picasso doesn't go back years later and retouch his and painting repaint stuff. his painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah of yeah. course, a lot of artists do do that. Like that's a, that's a thing. So, but I mean, Spielberg went and did this because he was excited about the idea of being able to tweak a movie. Went and did it to yeah. ET, and then went no and pulled it all. Interesting. So you yeah, know yeah. that that version of ET with the guns removed and the right and the the, right, the CG right. effects has been completely wiped from existence because Spielberg <laughs> never to so much. see the light yeah, of day exactly. again. <laughs> so it's a fine line. I'd be happier with a complete remake. Yeah, Sebastian stands even, ready. Or even uh, an animated, an animated uh, remake. I think I am a million percent in for an animated version of Star Wars. See, like I think that's what t- Disney is. T- tending towards that all their classic animated stuff is going to be live action and we've seen that and then i think some of go their, the other way go the other way go and the other way animate them. yeah 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow that's all well hey disney if you're listening <laughs> or watching listening. <laughs> or at least their lawyers are well, yeah i mean <laughs> we could make them listen just play a video <laughs> i was gonna say just play some use some star wars music and we're yeah. like oh shit <laughs> somebody saw it <laughs> wicked well, like I said, guys, it was a relatively short one for tonight. But hey, I mean, that gets us back in the uh, back in gear, back in uh, creative mode. We've got more coming down the line here. We've got an extra, and we've got an extra what? Uh, almost se- uh, seven weeks uh, before uh, six weeks, six seven True. weeks here before Andor kicks off. So, if you guys want to hit that trailer gotta, before it goes stale, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've got to um, we've got to come up with something. So. Uh, We'll be back though, um, sometime next week, and then uh, oh hell yeah, what's going on? okay sorry I'm just sorry got a text message coming in it's not important I can answer it later. If you guys got any ideas for a show you'd like to see hit us up on on our fan page and our socials let right. us know. Yeah, we're, all, exactly. we're completely open to doing anything. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, do go over and check out. We, uh, as I've said before, we've got a Patreon now. So I mean, uh, yeah. you know, there are uh, several uh, three t- three tiers you can help uh, support the show. If you'd like to get your name in the lights, uh, as it were, as a as a producer on the show, we'd love to have you along uh, and contribute towards that. Otherwise, um, there are some other ways that you can help out. You can always help out, of course, by uh, liking this video. And uh, even if you uh, don't want to subscribe to the channel, which I would encourage you to do if you're even halfway (laughs) interested in the stuff we do, at the very least, please throw a thumbs up on the video, toss an emoji into into the comments section, because even that tells the algorithm that people are watching and people do like it. So uh, that alone helps out the channel considerably. So before we get going, guys, you got anything else you want to close on? Uh, the George Lucas Stormtrooper has hit shelves in Canada. In here. Canada, yeah, it's been around for a little while now. Um, I've only seen the variant figure once. Saw yeah, I've got it. It's ordered at GameStop. The the first wave of them went through. They're getting more for for me. I'm gonna. I've got one. Grab. Excellent. I I actually went. I went a little nuts and ordered a lot of things. <laughs> I just. I, I bought like now. five. I know it is. It's it's crazy. I bought I bought five figures last Monday. Um, Three of them were on sale at GameStop. They were gaming grade stuff, but they were on yep. for fifteen bucks. So I got the uh, Zalabar. 
I got right. the uh, Imperial Senate Guard. I got the Knight Brother. Well, Did you know there's two versions of the Knight Brother? Yeah, there's a there's the uh, stick version and, and the bow version. Right. Yeah. So they, yeah. they had them both, but I had to pick and choose. Um, I got a Dengar archive, yep. which wasn't yep. on sale. And uh, oh, Cobb Vanth came in the mail. Excellent. Cobb Vanth nice. is oh, it's so nice. It is absolutely beautiful figure. I actually. broke down and I got the uh, the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett, which by the way nice. is not the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett. And I'm no, really... it's the uh, throne room one, isn't well, it? They, they call it book of Boba Fett, and then they bracket throne room, and I'm like, well, that's not entirely true. It's the it's, Mandalorian throne room, it's the Boba Tython, Fett, the Tython Escape, or whatever, right? With the with the yeah, with the fully painted uh, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. armor and helmet. It. it by the time he gets to the throne room at the that st- uh, stinger at the end, I think he's got the new pants and the new boots yeah. on. But no, right. they, they couldn't do that. They did they reuse the Tython one and, <laughs> yeah. and change the belt. He's got a new belt. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear now with new belt. Well, you know. <laughs> now I'm the one who's combined. Now I'm outraged. <laughs> that could be a whole episode. We'll just go find things that outrage people. Uh, Paint his belt. Yes. Half of it'll be Frank Cho drawings. Just walk down the street. Hey, what outrages you? <laughs> <laughs> Outrage videos. Listen, guys, idea for you guys and for those of you who are watching. Um, any got any uh, interest in doing like a an AMA, like a, a like an Ask Me Anything or a Q and A, Q&A, like a, a fan Q and A? Hell sure. yeah! We should probably oh, yeah. set something up like that. I think that would go over very well. I mean, the, for the four people who are watching, anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. ask <laughs> we, we purport to be experts. Give us a test, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, really. Even I mean, trivia uh, would be great. Some Star one Wars of those, trivia, yeah. some nerd trivia. One of the things that we really enjoy is that uh, fan interaction with with you guys. And uh, without that, man, sometimes it can be a little dry. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. But, you know, um, lots more coming up. We got Andor coming up. We've got uh, season two of The Bad Batch. All kinds of things coming. Still, still kind of working on... Uh, doing some more shorter form videos, which uh, by the way, you guys interested in seeing shorter form videos out there, things, you know, in that uh, five to 10 minute range. Cause I know we've, we've really, we've really got a lock on this whole, like, Hey, we can go for two hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got, yeah. <laughs> I'm still polishing off some of those unboxing videos. I opened Wrecker and did a short video of that. Oh, uh, well, I think those I are going to make a lot them of fun. shine a little bit more like, but yeah, I got some stuff in the, on the back burner for sure. Those are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, I've I've got nothing else for tonight. I'm uh, happy to be back. Glad to uh, get this trilogy kind of wrapped up and uh, and put a little bow on it. Nice. All right, guys. Well, anything else? Uh, not for me. All right. Me well, listen, guys. This has been a uh, lot of fun for us to do here at the show here at Fandom Power. Happy to bring the the, the weapons of Star Wars to you, and uh, we do have a playlist for that. Do check it out. We will add to that as we cover more films and uh, the television series. Um, but again, until next time, my friends, and there will be a next time. My name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. And we will see you on the next one. Bye Woo-hoo. for now, everyone. Pew, pew, pew. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.